Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Welcome to this edition of The Doctrinal Component. This is Tom Nettles, and we're going to begin looking at some of the theological implications of a passage in 1 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 14 through 16. The Apostle Paul writes uh, to Timothy and says, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you so that if I delay, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. In this letter, Paul has been giving Timothy instructions about uh, worship services, about officers in the church, about specific doctrinal issues. And here he indicates that he was planning to come to him and wanting to be able to instruct him in person, but recognizing that uh, his plans might not work out exactly as he had thought, he wanted to make sure that Timothy got these instructions more quickly than uh, he might receive them from Paul in person. And so he says, I hope to come to you soon, but I am writing these things to you. So the instructions that he would give to him verbally are uh, sufficiently given uh, their uh, body of knowledge and uh, their fullness of instruction in the writing that he is giving. Paul is claiming that that which he writes has the same authority, has the same revealed clarity as that which we would, he would present in person. So he is writing these things to him. And he's writing these things to him that he might know how one ought to behave in the household of God. Paul's instruction to Timothy would give Timothy information, would give him instruction, would give him a knowledge about what the proper relationship of the church members were to each other, what the proper relationship was of the church members to officers, what the qualifications of officers uh, should be, and how people should conduct themselves with one another, and particularly the things that are to be believed as an evidence of genuine saving faith. So that you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God. Now this household is not the physical building, but it has to do with the relationships of the persons as brothers and sisters in Christ and how they conduct themselves as family members with one another. And then he says this household of God is the church of the living God. Uh, this is why verses 5 and 12 are so important, where in verse 5, 
He says, if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? And then again in verse 12, as he's talking about the deacons, let the deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. So this household is something that is to have a proper discipline, it's to have proper love, it's to have proper regard, it's to have uh, the qualified leadership so that it will uh, be managed in a way that is consistent with the purpose and the revelation of God. This is not merely a human institution founded simply for humans or for human well-being, although it includes that, but it is a place established by God's revelation and call. It is established by Christ's own purchase of these people, the redemption, the purchase made by the Son of God, and by the powerful operation of the Spirit, the quickening and the gifting work of the Spirit of God. So this is the church of the living God. Now we see something of the importance of this right after the confession that Peter gave that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be or shall have been bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be or shall have been loosed in heaven. So he tells Peter that the confession that he has made there, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, and the fact that it was given Peter by revelation. That is the rock upon which he builds his church. And the gates of hell, that is the partitioning that hell and the devil have around the lost in this world, when the gospel assaults those gates of hell, everyone for whom Christ has died will certainly be rescued. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so this uh, renders this instruction that Paul is giving Timothy extremely important because he is giving it about that which Christ himself has established by his death. He's giving it on that which is established by the confession. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. It is the household of God, the church of the living God. Next time we will pick up uh, with these thoughts and continue to look at the importance of this confession that Paul gives in 1 Timothy 3. Thank you for listening today. Uh, we'll look forward to our next time together.